everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage and I am here with my co-host Olivia. Hey everyone, it's me. So today's episode is definitely going to be a little bit more politically charged than usual just because the 2020 election is only a few days away from us recording this episode. Um, We both are American. We live in the United States of America. So we will be part of the voting process to elect the next president of the United States. And I feel like anybody in the world, regardless of where you live, probably knows who the president of our country is just due to everything that he's done, everything that he's said, all of the things that have happened in the last four years. So yeah, today we're just going to be talking a little bit about politics. I know we talk a lot about like being trans and policies in regards to that, but today we're, I think for the first time, specifically talking about voting in a democracy and voting for the president. So I think it's going to be interesting just to share our experiences voting since we are young Americans and this is these are our first few elections, what kind of shaped us into having the views that we have today, and also just what kind of caused us to steer in the directions that we vote in because of our identities as people of color. Every time you said, um, every time you keep calling us an American, I like, throw up in my mouth a little I bit. I know, it's so fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the election is going to be, this is going to go up on Monday. So the election will literally be the next day. And so I definitely think this podcast is important to, to kind of encourage y'all to go out and vote um, because it is a big deal. Like we're, we're voting against fascism and we want to make sure that this country um, doesn't have another former year's of of what we've been experienced already for so long, um, too long. And uh, definitely we'll get more into that as the episode goes on regarding um, our experiences voting in the past and like how like, you know, uh, we've been or like what we think about the voting process and stuff like that. I think it's important for us to have the discussion, especially because I know a lot of our viewers or listeners are uh, around 18 to 24. I feel like that's typically the margin that I've seen on like our social medias and stuff. So I feel like maybe a lot of you guys are like getting into voting and this is like your first year voting or whatever it may be. Um, I think it's important to have that discussion and to try and normalize voting because it definitely is something that we all should be doing every single election, even the many local elections, like we should all be voting for um, in those because it is important and you need to elect those leaders and the people that are going to serve you and um, I think it's important specifically for us as trans people to like constantly be super aware of what's going on politically in our community and just nationally too. So I'm mean, definitely very excited to dive into this really not boring conversation at all, but um, it is definitely important. And I think that's why we're both on here uh, to just say like, yeah, like you guys should go vote, go and um it's really important. It's like one of the most important elections of our lifetime. And I know every four years that's always sad, but it really is. It's definitely a very scary time, especially with millions of people. I think how many people have died in total of COVID? Um, it's been a lot. Over 250,000 people. Uh, in the United States, right? In the United States, yes. Which is uh, way too many people. And then seeing that like our country isn't, nothing's happening re- regarding uh, like another stimulus, people are like our unemployment rates disgustingly high and no one's getting money and like everyone, the economy's in shit. And 
it's really scary to see that uh, this is normalized and um, our president can say whatever the fuck he wants to. And had it been literally uh, 10 years ago, they would have been a big deal. But now media goes on so fast and things happen so quick that he can get away with murder and nothing is going to happen. So I think it's important to kind of address that when we're talking about voting and politics. And yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like voting regardless is really important, but I think this election is clearly important considering everything that we've been put through for the past four years. And I think it was kind of a wake-up call, the last election. Voting, I mean, Donald Trump didn't win the popular vote, but he won the Electoral College. So, you know, that's how politics work in this country. That's how you get elected as president. So I think it was kind of a wake-up call for a lot of people, especially me. Like, I... I'm kind of dating myself, but this is going to be my third election. Um, And the first two times or the first time that I voted, I didn't have a lot of experience, obviously, as a teenager, still in high school, which is something that we can talk about later. But I think it was just a wake up call to to let us know what potentially happens when you don't vote, because I know a lot of people who either didn't vote the first time that Trump won the election and beat Hillary Clinton, or I know people that voted for him as a joke, or I know people that voted third party, and now we got stuck with him for the last four years. So I think this election is really, 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 really important just due to the nature of who the president is and the type of policies that he's put in force and the type of people and the groups of people and the ideologies that he's given permission for people to practice when typically they're supposed to be seen as like offensive and racist, homophobic, transphobic, anything. He's kind of given those people an excuse to be outward with their opinions and discriminate against other people. So I think this is a very, very, very important election. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, it just gets scary and scary. Every time I watch the news, every time I refresh like my Twitter feed, because uh, I, I feel like I'm, I mean, in politics, you get a lot of straightforward stuff from Twitter, um, whether it's like news, um, like journalist, or whether it's our actual fucking president uh, tweeting stuff. It's like immediate. So um, I just like every time I update um, Twitter, every time I look at the news, it just like, it gets scarier and scarier. Um, so I definitely, uh, I'm, not excited to obviously talk about this, but I am excited to talk about voting. And I think that's going to be a very fun conversation, um, a very necessary conversation. But before we get into that, I do want to just kind of ease into it a little bit better. And I want to talk a little bit um, about uh, what I've been up to this past week, because I have been working tirelessly um, at making a website for Girlish. And so I kind of, I guess, want to like promote that a little bit. Um, Not because we have any like ads or anything on it like that, just because I spent so much time and I think it's such a good tool for our podcast. And I just want you guys to go over and appreciate it. We have the domain girlishpodcast.com. So please go and check it out. Uh, It is really, really cool to see that. It's beautiful. uh, Yeah. I spent so much time on it and it's cute because we have like a little about us section and it's like... uh, like a, I don't know, it's like a cute little like resource, um, and it makes me really really happy. But um, I was making a little about us, and I have like a meet the host section. So I like I wrote like a little like 
uh, description about me. And then I know Gage wrote a little one about uh, her. And for mine, I just got to describe myself as a Mexican-American. And I wanted to ask you this question on the podcast because uh, before okay. we get into everything, because I, I, I am really curious because um, the way that or whatever, when you first sent me the description of yourself, you described yourself as a Filipino-American. And I wanted to know, like, because I know that you're very, like, you're multi-diverse in your uh, ethnicity. And so I'm wondering, like, uh, I guess what my question is, is like in terms of like having to describe yourself, is it difficult kind of like having to put like a single identity in terms of that? Like, yeah, it it, it is because like I, I am Filipino, but I'm also so much more and it, it's kind of hard to to pick, you know, like which part of you you want to immediately disclose to people. I identify the most strongly with my Filipino side just because that is a majority of my ethnicity and that's the culture that I grew up with um, with my family, my mom's side of the family. Um, I, I was, I'm really disconnected from the other portions of my identity. So I always found myself more comfortable um, introducing myself as a Filipino American, but obviously I do have so many different other backgrounds to me as well yeah and the only reason I'm asking is because like I know we've had a lot of like conversations about it in the past and like I know that how much like um your identity can like mean to you and like we're trans I think we both like we know how much like identity means to us and so like yeah whenever you sent like the little description I'm like I was like wondering I was like oh like like do you feel like that conflict because like I know like especially with like race and ethnicity I know how like how much it means to have like be able to represent yourself and um and i think this is like a good conversation to have especially when we talk about voting because like you obviously want to represent yourself in terms of like you know in terms of like your how you vote and so i don't know i was just like curious about that because i and i think it's important i think a lot of people who have a lot of like ethnicities or cultures can feel that conflict of maybe feeling like they have to choose like one or the other or something and so i don't know i was just I was just wanting to ask that and I just thought it'd be like an, just something that, uh, I don't know, just to kind of just see how you felt. Yeah. I've, I know like usually I don't disclose like my ethnicity when I'm introducing myself, but for some reason when I was writing that, it just like popped into my head. And like I said, like obviously I'm so many more things, but I just, I have a lot of pride in my Filipino side. Um, and I, I always get excited when I see Filipino representation in anything. So I think it's just because I I just identify with that because it is such a big part of me growing up and the culture that I grew up in. So that's probably why it just popped out of my mouth when I wrote my about me. Yeah, I know because I, I wrote um, mine. I like added Mexican-American to mine because, yeah, like I think it's important to like discuss. Like, I mean, our pod- podcast too, we talk a lot about like, our our race and our ethnicity and i think it's important to uh you know we describe ourselves as people of color because we are and um yeah i think it's it's like it's important definitely to like have that label out there and for people to like see and then for people to feel like represented and i and i hope that this podcast does that especially when we're talking about voting today hope that like you guys do feel represented and heard uh because i feel like this show does have like a lot of diversity in terms that we are both trans um we are both uh, people of color and um yeah i think that's just that's really really important 
but I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up and we can kind of like dive more into like our voting stories now, but I just, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, this is my third election. So I voted in 20, before the podcast started, I was literally having a mental breakdown as to like when I started voting. Cause I vividly remember being a part of the Obama election, but I can't do math for some reason. Like my brain just wasn't working and I couldn't compute it. But after about 10 minutes, we did come to agreement that I was 18. It was a long time before we it was figured a long that time out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did participate in the 2012. Oh my God. I just messed up again. 2012 was the first election that I participated in. And then I voted in 2016 and I will be voting in 2020. And like I kind of touched on earlier, In 2012, I honestly didn't know what the fuck was going on. I knew that there was two parties, Democrat and Republican, and I knew like the basic gist of how each or how each political party operated. So, you know, at that moment, I I had no idea about the other things I was voting for on the ballot, like nothing about any other other legislations. I just thought, oh, I'm voting for the president and that's all that's important. And like you said, it is also important to be voting for everything else that's also on the ballot because the things that you vote for are going to be directly impacting your life for the next few years. So it's obviously important to do the research and pay attention or find somebody that can explain that to you. Um, But for, I would say for my first election, my first two elections in when I voted in 2016, I still wasn't out as trans yet, so it didn't really hit me as important as the 2020 election did because I I was questioning, you know, my gender identity and my sexuality. So obviously at that moment, voting for a candidate who I knew supported LGBT rights was really important to me. So that's a big influence in my vote in 2016 and also 2012. So I I was still figuring out my identity at that time. I didn't have all the tools that I have now. I, do, I wasn't as educated as I am now about different laws and policies in regards to the LGBT community. So that's definitely been probably the most pivotal part in my voting history is just figuring out which candidate and which policies are going to be supportive of the LGBT community as somebody that identifies as that. You know, everybody has their different areas that are really important to them. Some people are, you know, really interested in the LGBT politics. Some people are really interested in taxes. Some people are interested in pro-life versus pro-choice. It really just depends on your personal experience and what resonates with you as a voter. And I, I think as a teenager, I didn't pay enough attention. And I want to make this known. Like you said, a lot of our viewers are probably either 18, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older. It's so important for you to pay attention and to kind of educate yourself. I'm not saying that you have to watch every single news outlet and pay attention to every single detail that comes out of a a candidate's mouth. But it is important to, to know what's going on because like I said, this, the past four years have been horrible and the amount of things that have been attempted to be passed or tried or actually have been passed or things that the president has said like openly about specific groups of people is honestly horrifying. And 
I I really don't want us to go down the same path of people not really paying attention and having an additional four years of somebody who is honestly just preaching hate the entire time. So I think the most important thing is to to be aware. I'm not saying that you have to know every single detail, but it is important regardless of how old you are to kind of know what's going on and to start shaping your own political views. And I know as a child and as a teenager, it can be really overwhelming and you might be pressured. You know, a lot of people follow in the footsteps of their family. They end up voting either Democrat or Republican based off of how they were raised or how their peers are voting or the area that they're in. And I really do think it's important to kind of mold your own political views and vote for what you personally think it's important. Because that's something I can admit I didn't really do my first election because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I, we it was funny because we did have that. Like, we spent like a good 10 minutes because you were like, I voted in 2008. And I'm like, wait, why? I was, I was literally like, 12 not- <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what the hell? And then so then we we, we came to the discovery that it was the 2012 election that you voted in. You were uh, 18. And um, yeah, but like my voting experience was the 2016 election. Whenever it was actually my first voting experience was actually the primaries for the 2016 election. Uh, I voted Florida is a, is a, like a, uh, what is it called? A closed primary. So that means um, if you're Democrat, you can only vote for the Democratic primaries. And if you're Republican, you can only vote in the, the Republican primaries. And if you're independent, you just can't vote. Or I think who you vote for is whoever's independent. But um, yeah, so uh 2016 was for sure the first time that I voted for. And it was uh, it was an interesting experience when you go into like the, the polls or the voting booths because uh, you have when you're so young, I don't I like I feel like there's not enough education on like like what you're supposed to do or how like you're supposed to vote. I guess there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily talked about with you or a lot of these like things that come up in these like in these um, ballots that you just have no idea what they are. And every time I go into vote, I keep seeing these things where I'm like, I should do more research. I should do more research. But uh, every time I go in, I'm always like confronted with something that I just have no idea what I'm voting for. And it is frustrating that like that happens. And I felt like there isn't enough education in that, especially when you're like 18 and like, you're very like, um, like you're just very young and you're very easily pressured and stuff like that. Sometimes I felt like it's easy to be like, just vote, go vote. But like, no one's really discussing like these specific minor details in the ballot. So if you are, if it is your first time voting, do a bunch of research on like your local ballots and then seeing what like your peers are voting for, do research into each policy because you could be voting for something super conservative and you have no idea. Um, And so, yeah, definitely is important because I had no idea my first time voting. Um, and it was definitely uh, an interesting situation. But yeah, I think when you're so young too, like voting, like my senior year of high school, the first half of it, I didn't think climate, like I had a teacher that said climate change was a conspiracy and I really like conspiracy theories. So I just went along with it. And now looking back, I'm like so embarrassed by that. Cause I was like, I fed into this and, and like, I, like when you're so young, you're so like, malleable like you're you're like people can definitely shape your your perspective and point of view so i think it's definitely important to just like do all the research you can don't listen to just like your neighbor don't listen to your teacher like do the research put in the effort and learn the things 
because by the the latter half of my when I was 18 when I did end up voting I think I was 19 or 20 when I voted for the first time um yeah like it's it's really important to um to to just know what you're voting for know why you're voting for them and um yeah be passionate about it because this uh what you're doing is creating like a path uh for the future and how you want the future to look and obviously i believe that i think the future uh should be better should treat people better um should see diversity and praise it rather than um belittle their experience or say that it isn't valid or isn't real um i think the future is about acceptance and and passion or compassion and um yeah i mean especially as trans people and uh, as like I got older and when I did come out, it was definitely a very, and it still is a very important thing for me to like vote and to like vote for who's going to protect me, who's going to support me, who's going to support other trans people, who's going to help the people who really need the help. Um, and yeah, it's really, really important, especially with everything going on this past year with the Black Lives Matter movement and just a lot of focus on like the Black community. I think it's definitely important to like vote for those who you best believe will help communities like that. Um, so I definitely think it's important to like look at our president and see like has has he done anything for marginalized communities? And um, and you can see that like he's praised white supremacists uh, and he's um, yeah. And uh, it's just it is really sad to see that like he's called like my people a uh, Mexicans rapist um or even you can even argue that like oh it was like illegal Mexicans he was talking about my dad was illegal he moved to the country when he was 14 because he needed to support his family um and to my knowledge my dad isn't a rapist he isn't a murderer he isn't a crook he came to support his family and to look for a better life and um, as a result of that, I was born in America. And so it is just really heartbreaking to see a president um, talk about my identity like that um, and my family like that. And so look at our president and see has like he has he supported those group of people? Has he um, been what we want for the future of our country? So that's why I think it's really important to vote. And yeah, our, my voting experience was just like, really just confused. I had no idea. I just knew, like you said, that I wanted to vote not Republican. And I mean, to an extent, sometimes I, I still am that way where I like, I'll see like a list of like progress or like, like democratic, like uh, vote or voting. So like, it's a list of like all that, like, like a guide that helps you like check off what you need to check off, like democratic viewpoints. But even then I still argue, don't just base your entire voting off of that look into everything. I think it's important for you to know exactly what you're voting for and making sure you keep those politicians like liable for what you're voting for. Cause I think that's important. Just have, like know exactly what your community needs, know what it's asking for and uh, do all the research to make sure like that's being done. I think also something that a lot of people don't realize is that you're voting for a lot more than just the president. Like the, pres the person that's elected to be the president for the next four years, they essentially represent the party that they, you know, are representing. So, like, for the last four years, we've had to deal with Republicans up Trump's asshole, praising everything that he does, even though he's done 
literally a horrible job in the eyes of anybody else that's probably not a Republican. And I know there are a lot of Republicans who have come out to say how bad of a job he has done. And the policies that he's enforced are only helping a very, 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 very small majority of the American public. So, I mean, if you are in that group of people, I guess he's doing a good job. But for the rest of us, for all the people of color, for everybody who's a minority, for everyone who is a part of the LGBT community, for women, like it, it just has not been a fun four years. And like I said, we we didn't only vote for Trump. Trump has now nominated multiple people into the Supreme Court. We just got a new Supreme Court nominee, which we can talk about a little bit later. I do want to specifically talk about her and her history, but it, it, the president just it's not just about the president. There are so many other facets of the government that are also affected, like in Congress and Senate and the Supreme Court. Everything kind of ties together. And when we vote somebody into power, they have that power for the next four years to make certain decisions that, you know, we we voted for because he won the election. So I think a lot of people need to stray away from the mindset that, oh, I'm just voting for this president. But that's that's really all. They're just one person. It's not like they can do anything. Like they're literally the most powerful person in the country and they're going to be influencing so many different facets of our government. So I think it's important for people to realize how important the election is, especially when we have somebody like Trump that's running. And I I don't even know if there's anybody that is a Trump supporter that listens to our podcast, but I personally don't really care if I this is a hard one because I I'm I don't like offending people, but at the same time I don't have, I don't have tolerance for people who support somebody that enables the type of behavior that he does. Like if you are right. going to vote for him, I don't care if you like his policies. I don't give a shit. You are voting for someone who is enabling white supremacists and racist people to say shitty things all over the internet in person. They're it, it, he's just enabling the worst kinds of people in our country. So if you are a supporter of him, I don't fuck with you. I'm sorry. I just don't. And that's my personal opinion. I I don't think I've really ever met somebody that's a Trump supporter and walked away from our conversation learning anything from them. So I I, I just don't have the time and the energy to deal with that. And I do want to go more into detail, like I said, about Amy Coney Barrett, who was just inducted into the Supreme Court. Uh, But I did kind of just want to talk about, again, you know, the implications of the Trump administration and like what personally was your feelings when he won the election in 2016? Because I know I called out of work and I didn't go to school the next day and I was like depressed. So I want to know like what it felt like for you at the beginning of his presidency and how it changed, if it did change at all as it started to go on. Uh, It's funny because I feel like that 2016 election is going to like, it's going to be ingrained in so many of like, like people are just like lives, like it's going to be ingrained in their memory for the rest of their life. Um, I think everyone's going to be like, where were you 2016 election? Everyone's going to sit down and like know exactly where they were. Because for me, I like, I remember exactly the position that I was sitting in and what room and what apartment complex I was sitting in and like what exactly was happening. And I remember just being in complete shock. Uh, I went to bed um, with the news that Trump was becoming like 
urge like won the election and it was just really shocking and i remember the whole uh like few next few weeks were like really somber the following day after his election i was a part of a club on the university of florida campus called cutie Pock, which was queer trans people of color and we had a discussion that day about religion that was supposed to happen but when we all went there, the mood was so somber and it ended up being a giant discussion on what's going to happen in the next four years, like how will our lives be changed, what's going to happen with us and our identities. And it was really, really frightening. And I remember it being so painful and just so like, it was just really hard seeing everyone in that room, a lot of just all people of color, all people who are trans and just seeing like how scared they were. And I think it like really helped reinforce the fear that I had. Um, because like, um, or help just justify the fear that I had because I, I was really, um, I was really scared. And, um, and I think a lot of people were, and over the four years, I, I've, I mean, you've seen it happen. You've seen the president try and, uh, revoke like things for trans people, like, like make healthcare workers, make it okay for healthcare workers to discriminate against trans people and, uh, or the transgender ban from the military. Um, you've seen stuff like that. Uh, you've seen constant trying to repeal like the healthcare that uh, that Obama put into place. The reason why I have healthcare, the um, Obamacare, like I pay little to nothing a month because um, I am poor and I need it. And without it, I would I would not be able to go to doctor's appointments. I would not be able to be treated for my hormones and literally everything. And he's just making making it harder and harder um and trying to dismantle that and now um electing supreme court justices into the um into the supreme court and uh yeah uh, amy barrett was like officially uh uh what is it called officially um inducted yeah she was uh, sworn in officially and it's really scary because now there's a 6-3 majority of conservative people inside the Supreme Court because there's only there's only can be nine people in the Supreme Court. And those positions are lifelong positions. So this isn't something to be like, oh, yeah, it's like whatever, another four years. Like these are lifelong positions. So if all, there's like all these like Supreme Court justices over the past however many years, if all these new people are being sworn in and they're like in their 40s, they're going to be there for who knows how long another what. 30 40 years like it's it is crazy and it is really scary because um you have these people there forever uh growing older and older and the world is looking younger and younger and you can't expect these like old people to have in mind what's best for the younger generation and so that's why i personally believe in expanding the court and putting term limits on the court because the it's ridiculous the fact that we have nine people that control like literally um like all these like issues like roe v wade like the right to have an abortion um which i am so it's so insane that that's still even argued today because roe v wade was passed in literally the 70s and it's still a conversation piece today on whether we should take it out or keep it in and Typically, as time goes on, people get more and more progressive. And this is, for some reason, some issue that people can't let go of. And now that's scary that, like, now we're in 2020 and 
And there's that chance that that might be taken away. Something that was passed in the 70s um, that's supposed to protect women's like reproductive health. And so now that like we have her in the court, it's really scary to see what could potentially happen. And obviously there's not like a lot of things happening overnight, but it's, it's these little things here and there that's planting a seed into like what fascism is and what it has been in the past. And if you like look in her history books, like the things leading up to it, that's like exactly what's happening in America. And uh, it is very spooky. And so I think the 2016 election was really just like a shock for a lot of us. And, um, and I fully expected it to be what it is. And, but it, it honestly has been even more scary to see little things here and there. And to like know that like the next time we sit down to record the podcast, we're probably going to have a good idea of who won the election. So literally next Thursday, whenever we're sitting down and recording it, we probably going to know. And that's a scary, I thought, because it's finally here. And this is like the most important election, which is why we're like pushing you guys to go and vote um, on November 3rd. But yeah, spooky. Yeah. And I mean, since Trump started his presidency, I feel like the people that have come out, like we have gun girl, Miss Caitlin Bennett, she's all over the place. Miss poopy pants. Yeah. She shit her pants. But (laughs) Um, there's like Tammy laryngitis, also known as Tommy Laren, who's been talking shit for the past however long she's been talking. There's just so many commentators, political commentators that have said like such horrible things, racist, homophobic, transphobic things, and have gotten away with it and have gotten praised by Republicans for what they're saying. And I feel like the ideologies that Trump has and the way that he's operated as the president has given them a reason to talk that way. And like he, he praises these people. Like he thinks they're great people as he likes to say. And I just think it's sad that, you know, we have all these people that are coming out and saying all these things, you know, white supremacists are out and about as more than ever. And it's just, it just goes back to the notion that this is a lot more than just voting for the president. Like all of these people who, I mean, they've never really gone away. They've just kind of suppressed their certain ideologies and the way that they view people of color and all of that. And now that they have a president who is clearly you know, enabling them to talk about these types of things. They're more comfortable going out in public and speaking about how they, we need to build a wall and keep all the rapists and all the monsters out of our country and calling black people thugs and, you know, misgendering people and calling the LGBT community, whatever they like to call them. So I think it, it's just, it's really more than just the president. It's all about the ideologies that they're they're preaching and the people that follow them that are able to express that more clearly since the leader of the country also has those same viewpoints. And I did want to specifically talk about Amy Coney Barrett because uh, it's just really frustrating to me that we're literally days from the election. Like when she was having her first hearings to be on the Supreme Court, we were literally like eight days away from the election. And, you know, people have already started voting. People have casted their vote for the next president of the United States. And the fact that we have somebody that's going to sit on the Supreme Court for the rest of their life, nominated by a president in his last eight days of presidency, not knowing if he's even going to continue being the president, 
I, I don't know how that makes sense whatsoever because the Supreme Court is such um, an esteemed position in politics. And, you know, it, it's not a joke who goes into Supreme Court. Like you said, we have a 6-3 majority of conservatives on the Supreme Court. And that's alarming considering a lot of them have very strong views about specific things that have already been passed. And I mean, in regards to her experience, she's She's never tried a case before. She's never argued an appeal. She's never argued before the Supreme Court. She literally didn't become a judge until 2017. And I think as a Supreme Court justice, that being your position for the rest of your life, you need to be established as you know a judge, an official, before you get into the Supreme Court. And I, I feel like this whole process was rushed and he just wanted to place her in there because that's what he wanted to do. And now... You know, we're stuck with this super, super conservative. And the thing that bugs me about her is that it's so clear that she's guided by her religious views. She's very religious. There are a lot of things that I want to talk about in regards to her and her past and her history. I know that she has traditionally standed against LGBT people and the LGBT community. She clearly didn't support marriage equality. And it's just really frustrating as somebody who is part of the community and, you know, LGBT rights are such a big part of my voting and what makes my decision that we have somebody like that, that could potentially either roll back or prevent certain protections from coming in the future. And I mean, she has in the past described trans women as physiological males um, she was against marriage equality. She said that Roe v. Wade was an erroneous decision. She's refused to hear cases in regards to racial segregation. I mean, the first time that she was really on TV when she got appointed or to be in the Supreme Court was like a celebration party with Trump. And she had her children there. None of them were wearing masks. Nobody was there wearing masks at all. Like, what does that say if a Supreme Court justice isn't social distancing? And essentially, she's putting off, putting on the idea that the pandemic is like not real or is not as severe as people are making it seem. I mean, her kids were on stage with no face masks. Also, something I want to bring up is that she kind of like uses, she has like seven or eight kids. Two of them are adopted from Haiti. So I feel like a lot of the time she she is using her children as like a political pawn. Like she had a speech, she talked about her kids. She was like talking about all her natural born children's accomplishments and what they've done and how they're progressing in school. And then she talked about her adoptive children she just basically talked about how much better their lives are now that she adopted them and they're not living in Haiti anymore and they're in better living conditions. Like, I know a lot of people have come out in her defense saying, oh, she she has two Black children that are adopted, so there's no way that she can be racist. And that's like one of the most tired, you know, defenses against racism. My best friend's Black or my cousin best friend that also is my friend that we went to high school together as Mexican. So of course I'm not racist towards Mexicans. Like that's just something that people say as a defense. And I think it's really shitty that she has in the past shown that she is so clearly guided by her religious views. And I mean, I, I don't think somebody that sits on such an esteemed level should be guided by 
religion, considering that's not something that's supposed to be occurring when laws are put into place. I just find it so fascinating that um, I feel like there's like this elitist like viewpoint of like, oh, we need to stick to what the constitution says. Um, And like, I think that conservatives throw that around a lot when there's literally a clear separation of church and state that isn't being abided by. Um, What they actually mean is a separation between Christianity and all other religions. And like, you see that constantly. So the fact that um, we're getting a Supreme Court justice coming into the Supreme Court who has like, who's very tied with their religion and like their motivations and how they vote. That's just 100% like the exact opposite of what a Supreme Court justice should be doing or how they should be voting. It's like the opposite of, of constitution. Like it really is just so insane. So I just find it really fast, not fascinating, awful that Amy Barrett, um, that she is, she got into the Supreme Court. And it is wild because she is a super conservative. Um, she was a clerk for Scalia, which I don't know if you guys know Scalia, but he was a Supreme Court justice who was uh, notably like the most conservative and had very was responsible for a lot of a lot of awful things being passed, and was just an awful awful human being. Was elected in by Ronald Reagan, and just like truly disgusting. And she was a clerk for him. And now she's on the Supreme Court. And the way that she talks about uh, LGBT people or people that are, are gay, um, she used the term, I mean, and you probably saw the video going around. She described sexuality and like people attracted, like gay people. She essentially described it as a sexual preference. Yeah, I saw And that. yeah, and that was like a really big issue because gay people, who you're attracted to isn't a preference. It's who you're attracted to. And sexuality isn't a preference. It's the who you are. And um, it is, it's just insane to like have that, have her say stuff like that. And like that, that type of framing sets her up to like vote for things that are anti-LGBT. Um, and, and it's just, so yeah. The thing that bugs me is that I think this election also has highlighted a lot of hypocrisies in our in our country, like a big, 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 big thing this year has obviously been COVID and the pandemic. And I mean, pretty much everybody that is refusing to wear a mask is a Republican. And I think it's so funny how we're constantly hearing, I don't want to wear a mask. My rights are being infringed upon. I'm losing my bodily autonomy. Like you're basically saying you don't want to put a piece of fabric over your mouth while you go to the grocery store for 10 minutes and that you're losing your bodily autonomy when you also think that it's fair to try and make abortion illegal. Like what, by that logic, you would think, okay, anything that you do or anything that's placed on you that takes away your right to decide what you want to do with your body obviously is a loss of bodily autonomy. So how is it okay for you to act like wearing a mask is an infringement on your human rights, but telling other people what they can do with their body in regards to having an abortion or not is is like okay. Like I I just don't understand that parallel and why it's used as a defense for masks but not for abortions because 
I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but to me, an abortion is a way more traumatic and important experience to to have in your life. And that requires a lot of decision making rather than putting a mask on for 10 minutes to go to Ralph's to buy dinner. Like, I, I just don't get how you can parallel those two as the same thing, but be hypocritical about it. It makes literally no sense to me. And I feel like the logic with a lot of people who are like conservative is that it's things that just don't make sense. Um, I just, it's so, it's just hard for me to like envision like a life or like a world without accessibility to like women's reproductive rights and specifically like to birth control, abortion, things like that. Um, because I don't real I don't think people realize what that means. If you take accessibility away from all that stuff, what you're creating is you're not taking away people having abortions. You're taking away people having the right to safe abortions. Because prior to that decision, uh, Roe v. Wade, people were having abortions with like coat hangers and stuff like that. And like, like I feel like that's something that's been discussed for a long time where like, like people are putting themselves in unsafe situations for it. And the fact that like a lot of times like these, like this conversation around abortion and stuff like that is being brought to light. No one talks about uh, support for the people after they have the baby. It's always like, don't kill this baby. But then once it's born, there's no care about its safety, um, how it's going to be fed, who's going to take care of it. Um, There's no conversation and there's no push for anything that's going to help poor families, families that can't afford to have children um, and things like that. And I know there's a lot of convert, like, I just fucking, it's just just upsetting. Like I, like it just, I doesn't, I I cannot wrap my head around it like at all. And so when I see like, obviously this being talked about a lot with um, Amy uh, bitch, whatever the fuck her name is. uh, When I see her like being brought up, uh, and with that conversation like happening, it's really scary because if Roe v. Wade is overturned, who's to say that um, our Objafel versus Hodges? Is that what it's called? Uh, Objafel yeah, versus Hodges? It. Yeah. So it's uh, 2015, the right uh, for same-sex marriage. Uh, who's to say that's not next? Who's to say trans people's accessibility to hormones isn't next? Who's to say... Um, Literally, the path towards this whole fascism and conservative, um, like, just uh, world and uh, country is that. And I have a message that I want to share. I'm going to pull it up really quick. I have a friend uh, from Germany uh, who we were talking about politics uh, recently. And um, it was really... I kind of it kind of put me in awe because he's seeing the world, the United States from his country in Germany, and he's watching the United States and what it's becoming. And um, yeah, I was talking about how like how this country was becoming a fascist country and how that's really scary, um, and and how like yeah, conservatism is like really just terrifying and what it's becoming. And his response was. To be honest, I'm shocked that at least in the United States, United States discord, it seems fascist voices are not labeled more often as what they are. 
Some things the Trump administration does and says could clearly be labeled as fascist, in my opinion, but instead it gets called right-winged, which it is, but I don't know. It's like saying Coca-Cola and lava are both liquids, so we drink them, so we should drink them. One is obviously more dangerous. And it was just interesting seeing that from a country like outside of the United States, like across the world, and them being able to see what's happening in our country um, and objectively just seeing how disgusting and awful it is. So to see like someone like Amy Barrett coming into the Supreme Court, I'm terrified at like what this could mean, um, especially when there's a majority, uh, a giant majority, and it's just really scary. I know there's a lot of conversation Trump keeps throwing around that Biden is going to pack the court, which means that he's going to expand the court so that or so that progressives or so that liberals um, get the majority in the house. But I just hate that, that he says that I hate it so much because that's literally what they are doing. Literally there's a majority of conservatives They're The court is packed because they're like packing the court. It, <laughs> it's crazy that the rules don't, yeah, the rules don't apply to them. And this goes back to like 26, 2015 when Obama was trying to um, inaugurate, not inaugurate when, what, yeah, just trying to put Merrick Garland into uh, the Supreme court and the Republicans were like, see, no, you're you're like less than a year away from like the election. So you're not allowed to. We're not going to let you. And so even with a lot of push, they essentially were like, okay, we'll wait until election happens and then we'll put someone else in. But they had like a lot of push saying, no, it's your last year. It's your last year. If it's the Republicans last year, it, we, will, we will do the same. We would say the same thing. Fast forward four years later the same thing happened. And uh, now we're voting in a Supreme Court justice for the person who literally has eight days left before election again. Um, yeah, it's scary. I have so many, I have so many notes, I have so many opinions, but like, it just is like, it's so important that you vote because um, Amy Barrett is, is scary. And her as a person and her as an ideology and what that means to the country is really scary. Um, and what it could mean in the future if we have another former years of Trump. Um, so I definitely am trying to push you guys really hard to go vote, go vote, go vote. Uh, literally, it's going to be up the day after this is up. And if you guys hear this after this is up, I hope you guys did vote. And I hope that um, you were inspired enough to go vote. Um, but yes, please, please, please do that. It is really embarrassing to like be an American at this point in history. Like it's just cringeworthy. I, I just know other countries think that we're like just mentally insane. I, I just know for a fact based off of like, what do they have to base it off of? Our president is a psychotic person. So, I mean, obviously other countries are going to be looking at us and it's just like, it really sucks because I think Trump, I mean, he clearly doesn't support the majority of viewpoints in America since he, he did lose the popular vote the first time. So I mean, it, it's kind of nice knowing that he doesn't represent the majority of the country. And I, I'm, I don't want to jinx us, but I think we're in a good position in regards to this election, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm scared. It's just like there, there's just so many people out there that have kept their views quiet for so long, like really, really, really harmful views. And now 
it's all in the open. And it, it kind of did, I guess one positive thing he did was really show how fucking corrupt our country is. And now we have the power to fix it. And that's hopefully what we are going to do when the election day rolls around is we are going to try and fix the state of our country or do the best that we can. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't happy with Biden. I'm personally not happy with Biden or Vice President Harris, but that's what we have. And that's what I'm going to support because, I mean, there's two options at this point and one is clearly worse than the other. And I, I don't think we have the choice to just sit there and be like, oh, well, I don't like him. So it, it doesn't matter. Like I, like I said, I, I'm not the biggest Biden fan. I'm not a biggest fan of anybody on the democratic ticket, but that's just what we have to do at this point. And I don't know if you watched the debates, but that was like in a completely different situation, especially the first presidential debate was literally a train wreck. The second or the second time they debated with each other, was a little bit better. And then they were supposed to have three debates, but Trump didn't even want to do it virtually considering he had COVID. Like that's, that just blew my mind to be honest. Yeah. I watched the, the, the first debate. I didn't see the second one. I kind of had the idea of what was, what was being discussed. Um, but what the one that fascinated me the most was the, the vice president one, because I felt like they're, um, they're not as like, I feel like they're more of like a, an idea of what the parties are, uh, considering that Trump is like literally insane and Biden, I would say, uh, I feel like sometimes it's hard to understand him. So when it, when you're like, when like seeing Kamala Harris versus Pence, I think it was good, a good actual representation of like what the parties look like right now. And like you said, I'm not the hugest fan of Biden um, and what his administration is going to look like. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be a fan of it. I don't even know necessarily what he's going to bring to the table or offer, but I do see stability rather than what's happening and how the country is going further and further. Right. So that's what I'm voting for. And I hope you guys see that too and vote um, in, in the idea of the future, what's going to be great for the future, what's going to be best for the future. In another four years of a leader like we have right now isn't what we need. So please, please, please think wisely. I also have a good feeling about because because of how uh, the world or because how Hillary won the popular vote, I am a little more, um, I guess, optimistic because of that, because I'm I'm seeing like I feel like a lot of people hate Biden less than they did Hillary. I think uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of hate towards Hillary uh, in 2016, and so I'm kind of I am getting a little more uh, optimistic this time around, specifically because there was two million more people uh, who voted for uh, Hillary than for um, Trump, and so. It is exciting. I am a little worried because of gerrymandering and how that's a big issue. Uh, and so, yeah, that's really, really scary. But I will say that, um, yeah, I think it's important to vote. And I think it's important for you to go out. And um, I'm really saying vote for Biden because uh, it's a future that, even though it might not be what we want, is what we need right now. 
Um, it's the only option we have, which is unfortunate. I'm not a huge fan that we have it, but I, I think that right now we need to just stick to like making sure Trump is out and like that's what we have to do. And so I hope you guys are going out and voting. I really, really do. It's a big, big deal. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I, I forgot. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important that that we kick Trump out because it is not not what we need. And I just want to end this off by saying obviously to vote and educate yourself. I do want to tie or bring up one thing that I saw in the vice presidential election. There was a question specifically about Breonna Taylor and how our country has handled that situation and everything in regards to that. And if she got the justice that she deserved and Kamala Harris answered the question by saying, no, that obviously she was wronged. But when Pence answered he didn't even address Breonna Taylor at all. He basically just said sorry to her family and then immediately started talking about violent looters and how, you know, some of the protests have gotten violent, have gone to looting and vandalism and stuff like that. So I feel like that was just, I wasn't ever considering thinking of voting for Trump, but I think that moment right there really just let me know, like, the president and i mean he's the vice president he represents the president's views if the president of the united states isn't even going to address the death of somebody in this country and, and immediately talks about looting which is essentially unrelated then what do we have anyone that's like looking out for people of color and that's what was really important and profound to me um and like, yeah, I think I agree with all that you've been saying, and it is really important, I think, this time around to make sure that we are standing up for people of color. We are standing up for ourselves. Um, we are standing up for people like us, um, and we are fighting for those who need fighting for. So marginalized people, we are fighting for um, uh, trans rights. We are fighting for LGBT rights. We're fighting for uh black rights we are fighting for women's reproductive rights um and we need to make sure that this country doesn't regress um that's like the scariest thing to see uh how far the parties are dividing and how um scary that is but i think with that being said i think it's a good time to like probably wrap this up um so uh no plugging our social medias today no nothing like that uh i just want to end this with saying November 3rd, go and vote. And if you're listening to this after um, the election, I hope that good news are happening or good news is happening. Um, and if you're listening to this before the election, obviously go vote. But um, I hope you did vote. And it's a really important time. So I'm really pressuring everyone to go out and do your your civic duty. Um, and um, if you guys aren't a citizen or if you don't live in the United States or whatever it may be, encourage your peers to vote. Uh, really push them because you can make a difference. I know every vote counts. So please consider that. But yeah, I think with that being said, we can probably um, end this. And yeah. Um, so all in all, 
go vote, educate yourself on the political process in your country. And yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode and we will see you again in the next one. (laughs) 